And now, it's time for your reality check. And here's the reality coach himself, Mr. Nigel Boo. It is Thursday, it's the 24th of November, it's just past one o'clock and of course what that means, it is the Reality Jack. Welcome to the show, if you're new to it, we're here to discuss how emotions and uh, feelings can actually have a great big impact upon the way that we go and do things. Of course in the captain's chair we've always got Glenn, how's it going sir? Hello, yeah I'm doing alright. Good week? Uh, yeah, it's been, um, yeah, usual really, just working, haven't been out much been a bit rainy actually this week absolutely i was soaked this morning first mm. thing out with sage yeah it was great fun now i want to crack straight on with this because today uh, in the studio we have got somebody that i've been really and i think we've been talking about this for a while mm. now really excited to have you in the studio uh, and we've, we've got chief inspector daryl lyon uh, from west midlands police and um first and foremost welcome to the show thank you how are you I'm absolutely brilliant. Thank Excellent. You, much. you had a good week? I had a fantastic week. Got loads done, loads accomplished. So those are the best weeks. They aren't they just? Now, you, I want to talk to you about one of the biggest programs that, that you've been involved with. And I know that it's the biggest in the world, I think you said. Yeah. This is called Serve, um, uh, C-I-R-V. Just tell us a little bit about Serve. So Serve stands for the Community Initiative to Reduce Violence, and this is my second crack at the whip, if you like, in terms of getting the programme delivered, because I first delivered it in Northamptonshire. And to cut a very long story short, it reduced violent outcomes by those who engaged with it by 40%. There is nothing to my knowledge that comes anywhere near that in terms of success of dealing with people that are involved in, in violence. Um, first was came from the States. It was in Boston, Cincinnati, uh, adapted each time, went to Glasgow, and I was uh, really lucky to be able to go to Glasgow and, and see how the program was uh, was operating uh, and then adapt it for use in in england and it was the first time again to my knowledge it had been um, adapted and embedded successfully within england um, and i now have the uh, honor of delivering um, a program of the same nature in coventry and wolverhampton and that's supported by um, two million pounds from the home office and a four million pound investment from west midlands police in addition to an, a million pounds just for evaluation across both of those sites and yes to my knowledge these will be larger than Boston, Cincinnati and Glasgow um, and really, really excited to to get it delivered and start changing lives. Wow, wow, wow. Because it sounds phenomenal. It really does sound phenomenal. So just putting into context then, so our communities, I know there's, there's, there's violence in all of our communities. Has it been on the increase from, from like a statistic point of view, from your point of view? Yeah, and I suppose it also depends on what we mean by violence because violence can be domestic related, as we know. Um, it can also be youth violence, and I think what we've what we've seen is both an increase in domestic abuse and violence, but also in street based youth violence. So, so youth violence is for most uh, areas around the country a strategic priority in policing so if you went back 15 years it never would have been a priority we're talking then around things what we would call serious acquisitive crime so burglary robbery those types of things Mm. and whilst those are still priorities violence is by far the most impactive and harmful crime type that we see on our streets and we see the proliferation of knife offences all sorts of other offences but under 25 violence in particular for the West Midlands and we've got a very very young population within the West Midlands is one of the most and has continued continue to be one of our greatest priorities as a force to chat to tackle so yes on the increase in both number and severity wow and 
you know, COVID came and I know that everybody was in lockdown. Did we see an increase there in, in like, you know, violence within the home because everybody was in, at home at that yeah. point? Yeah, good point. Yeah, huge. Um, exactly for you, what you're describing. You've got um, people that would normally have uh, a way out to be able to go and get out of, of the house and those kind of type of things to go to work. And then suddenly they're in a compressed environment with all the stresses and issues living on top of each other caused massive issues especially in domestic abuse uh, situations and again that was a, a countrywide uh, position not just within the west midlands the reality check with the reality coach nigel booth this is the reality check here on revolution radio and in the studio today we've got chief inspector Darrell lyon talking about serve which is community initiative to reduce violence so I wonder what you could tell, tell us exactly for our listeners. So what what does it do? What 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 is it? We can see where it's come from, but yeah. what does it do? Uh, it's more like what it doesn't do, actually. Okay. So so it's uh, it's really uh, broad in terms of its approach. So, so if we take someone from a referral standpoint, so anyone can refer in at any point, any day, uh, time of the day or night. Um, it's got someone at the end of a phone will actually pick up and take the referral. So you can refer yourself. You're going to say, Look, I've, I've started drug dealing or whatever, or I've got myself into a position where I'm likely to uh, contact, have contact with violence and I want to refer myself in. And, and we've got a 24-hour service that will go and take that call. From that point onwards, and I suppose actually probably the best way to sum up service is, is a complex response to a really complex problem. So if you imagine a violence, you've got so many drivers behind it, and we increasingly apply really simplistic solutions to that problem this is the opposite of that this is a complex response to that complex issue and deals with root causes so this could be termed as a public health approach to, to mm-hmm. violence because it's dealing with the, the root causes so anyway following that referral in so it comes in we then triage it across a number of different agencies because we want to know what do we as a collective know about this individual in this family only then can we actually pick up a, a picture of what this what's, what's going on for this family um, we also have our own family support workers who've gone around and met the family first so it's really okay. person centric um, and when we've got this picture and when they've consented, we then go to this to, to look at, okay, well, do they need the program? And usually the answer is yes. The biggest thing is that they often won't engage. So this is where we become forensic at looking for what we call teachable or reachable moments. So this is quite, I think, really special about the program. So family usually says yes. Individual usually says no. Mm-hmm. So what we then do is we've got a system in the policing called the Police National Computer. National system, and I can place a marker on that on any individual that's got a free text note on there. I can place a marker on a hospital system, and I can place a marker on our intelligence systems. And this is one of the benefits of us being a statutory agency is around access to these systems. So you can imagine this person that's come in that says, no, I don't want to engage with programme, um, that is arrested, let's say, six months' time in London mm-hmm. at two o'clock in the morning. It would activate our on-call. They would get out of bed, get in their car and drive down to see that person in real time. No one else does that. Now, there's a psychology behind that in terms of they they are so used to agencies and services letting them down. So you have to mm. socially disprove that that's what you're doing. So by doing that, and you, if you do it, especially if you do it more than once, the chance of them engaging with you skyrocket. Yeah, They're in a vulnerable situation. You're putting a really skilled communication in front of them with some answers and a way out. And that way out looks like jobs so we actually cultivate jobs find jobs in sectors for people we have an opportunity to find it we have our own careers advisors as part of the service and this isn't easy for people they've got to change fundamentally who they are in order to get them from where they are to where they need to be and so we have really advanced psychological understanding embedded with the officers so we use um, techniques from the chimp paradox 
I'm a previous hostage and crisis negotiator. We use the psychology from that. And then we apply that to build a genuine trust-based relationship with the individual coupled with some consequences and then enable them to reach their potential. So if they then decide that's not for them and they're an adult, we'll disrupt them. So policing still comes and plays a role, but we're offering an exit ramp. So we're saying, if you want out, this is how you get out. Slightly different for younger people because for younger people, they're often a victim of exploitation, we've discovered. So we don't necessarily, we'll have to do an impact assessment first, disrupt those. But you you can see from that small flavor because it's actually quite broad in terms of what we do because largely it's around sequencing interventions too. There's usually so much going on in their lives you could have a school trying to do a therapeutic intervention housing trying to evict them policing trying to do something else the navigator will sequence all of those things together and then enable them to get to their destination point and some people of course would also say well is that a role for policing well Pelian principles talks about the prevention of crime this is exactly what that is and with those 40 percent reductions i challenge anyone to find something that is more effective the reality check with the reality coach nigel both Welcome back. If you just joined us, it's the Reality Check here on Revolution Radio. And we're talking to Chief Inspector Daryl Lyon about reducing violence in our communities. Um, Glenn, I just want to say, you just heard what yeah. was said. What, what's the response to that? I think this sounds amazing. And it's the sort of, it makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, it's a sensible approach to, because you hear a lot of the time these people that get stuck into the system yeah. and then they're just going through this process. Exactly. And it's so convoluted and... Yeah. Um, you know they're going through a court case then they go to prison yeah. for a bit and, or, or whatever yeah. some sort of measure that, that disrupts them yeah. and then in a way it's arguably harder for them to then pull themselves out of that 100%. on the other side speaking to employers disclosing things exactly. that have happened previously yeah. so actually taking that and what you've clearly done with this taking that massive step back and looking at the bigger picture and going yeah. well actually you know we can stick a plaster on something but actually the solution is well why are they in this situation in the first place yeah. and how do we get to the root cause exactly. of the problem and resolve it and, and, and the cynics would say things around cost for example but just let's look at another the justice system one of the most costly systems mm. you could imagine having been a custody sergeant someone will come into custody so they now have the right to a solicitor there's a p- police officer that's then going recording the crime investigating the crime mm-hmm. they have access to a doctor whilst in custody and all the other ancillaries that come with that and you're unlikely to get a justice outcome anyway because no. that's what that's what the data shows us so this isn't to replace it it's to say this stands alongside it and tries to deal with some of those more causal factors rather than us go through this justice system that never really addresses the root cause of why people mm. are getting engaged in it and again if someone's committed an offense we wouldn't then go and say that we shouldn't um look for a justice outcome we would simply support that person after the justice outcome because we we understand there's a victim in relation to a lot of these offenses and i just want people to make sure they're not thinking about this is an easy way out for anybody it is not easy to change and they can't just continue to offend if we're working with them they must work with as adults for example with gps tag every single adult engages on the program i need to know they're not doing the things they were doing before for them to be worthy of our investment young people are slightly different and again i mentioned about how they're so used to be letting down by services. We haven't earned the right yet to ask them to do that. So there's loads of really in-depth thinking, mm. analysis, and and you know scrutiny that's been applied to this program in order to get it to where it is today. You know, th- this is, uh, and I think most people, because uh, this is a, this is a really new approach. I'm assuming because it's not the kind of approach that I've heard of before from a policing point of view. Yeah, uh, and I think from 
most of our listeners and I'm making huge assumptions here yeah. so excuse that but like for most people it's like what do the police do when there's something wrong we call them and they exactly. come and try and sort it we're very it. responsive aren't we yeah. we're reactive to, to mm. an issue um, I, I think some of the reasons this isn't done is because it's extremely difficult to get right so as I mentioned it's the first time it's done properly in England that's because there have been several failed attempts before and I won't name those locations but mm-hmm. there have been several failed um, before that we embedded ours successfully Public sector love process. This is some process, but mostly people. Mm. So you have to, and we're not good at doing that as a society. I would suggest, but this is this is looking for the right people, right time, right place, right process. All of those things together. But if any one of those things doesn't work, it will fail. And also naturally as leaders we're also not wanting to be exposed to failure so this is a big venture for all of us who's mm-hmm. engaged in the program to say let's be bold here and let's do something that is that is really different and also open ourselves up to independent scrutiny because there's no hiding here if this goes wrong it's yeah. independent there that the evaluation will be will be looking at us and we'll know definitively if this works or it doesn't it, it sounds like it's, it's it's going to work because i think that the way that you've explained it it is the alternative excuse me it is the alternative to just going down that one track that we know Mm. um it's what is the response initially from people that you are approaching you were saying that families generally are saying yes but then the individual is saying no why are they saying no most of the time they're not in a position where they recognize they need to change so we need to be there when they're ready and that's the bit that's important and that's the bit where you get the phone call at two o'clock in the morning and you go Correct. and talk to them. Daryl, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, which is slightly away from this, but you as an individual, because, you know, I have to confess and, and to share with, with our listeners that, of course, I, I know you quite well. Uh, we, we've worked together on a number of different projects, um, but you are inspirational. You are motivational. Oh, thanks, so what is where does that come from because that is something that is not just pushed this program i've seen you on other programs what is it about you that that is pushing you down this route i i I don't know i I think there's i think i'm very lucky to have a lot of really good people around me and i if i I see something that is the right way of doing something i can't forget it so once once i was in that position in scotland having seen the people that ran that program it's just like once you've seen it's like i can't unsee it so from someone that had been policing uh estates in northamptonshire because i was previously northamptonshire police before west midlands police um in a particular way you think that's the right way so i was a really hard cop for example i was really hard you know so i'd lock them all up as much as i possibly can and it's only when you then see that's not the way that delivers long-term outcomes for anybody actually Mm. you know you're probably causing more harm than you are good um and seeing an alternative side, there's this. There must be part of me that goes, "Says when I now know that is wrong." And it's, that's not that there isn't a place hard policing. Clearly, there is, but yeah. not in isolation. Um, then seeing something else, I think I'd just a bit like a dog with a bone. I won't let it go. And I've had several difficult conversations with people. I'll have many more difficult conversations with people who don't see the value in this type of work. And mm. there are many. Mm. Um, but it's only but what one thing we can't have an opinion on is facts and the independent evaluation for Northamptonshire definitively says this works as does the data because the program's still running in Northamptonshire mm. it still shows that it's having a massive impact and it's that data then that I can then show to others and also isn't the victory so much more sweeter when you've had to really work for it absolutely um, and, you know and I've been doing this since 2015 in some way shape or form and when you start looking back then start thinking these are things that I will you know I'll be proud of for the rest of my life when they're delivered but it's not me alone I've got a team of people around me that are equally as impassioned to want to do it and I suppose it's also about what is it about you as a 
person and what your values that you hold and for me I genuinely joined the police to genuinely make a difference and I don't think there's anything I've come across that I can make more of a difference than in surf wow wow because it is an incredible opportunity because you know and going back over what you've said it's it's about building relationships isn't exactly it? that because it's like we've all been in situations and we've all done things that maybe we shouldn't have done yeah. and some of us have been caught for them yeah. and some of us haven't mm-hmm. But it is about having that relationship with somebody. Yeah. It's exactly the same with our mental health, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, uh, when we're talking about mental health, when we've got somebody that understands yeah. and is there to support us, yeah. it becomes a lot easier. Exactly the same with this. Mm-hmm. It's about building that relationship and actually starting to see the value of getting involved. And that's really, really underestimated, isn't it? Across all disciplines, the value of relationships. And this is extremely relationship-centric, yeah. extremely so. And I think that's the most important thing for people to grasp is the power of relationships and the reason we've got the brains the size we have is not to walk and talk and pick things up it's because we're social animals we want to connect with each other so this has a focus and again this is quite alien in a policing environment but that's exactly what we're trying to do is develop a relationship between one and another that's two-way trust-based yeah because you were saying before of, of course when you first started you said you you were a hard cop and mm. you know and you, you would lock up and, and present in front yeah. of the court etc etc and again as you've gone through the process you've changed uh do you do you get much resistance from from other officers that are not necessarily a part of this project there's a bit of jesting i think some and i actually really um understanding of that because i'd have been that cop yeah that was, yeah, that yeah. was, that was you know, i suppose it, it's the social proofing that's important so it's part of my role and responsibility is to make sure that we showing others in a definitive way that this is working so there's then again there's then there's now there's no opinion this is now fact. it is working we are talking about reducing violence in in all of our communities and we've got a, an amazing guy in the studio chief inspector daryl lyon um again what i was wanting to say is there is so much that um i would like to talk about but there just isn't the time today uh, i would like you to come back if that's okay and just no keep keep all our listeners updated mm-hmm. um when you talk around and say that the impact and changing people's lives and again i know that um the one that you're going to be doing in the west midlands that's not actually started yet has it you've been working up to this how long have you been working on this development uh, we've probably been bidding. We've, we found in the first bid to the Home Office, we were successful in the second. So that was probably, um, in, fa- in fact, probably two years, I would say, wow, to, some, okay. to some extent. I'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. When you fail at a first hurdle, go, there's another one that's coming out, and we apply for that one. And I've only applied for a billion, ended up getting two million. So we ended because they offered us a second city to run it in. So so we took the took the opportunity. You know, and again, just to show the size of investment from West Midlands Police, they're investing 20 police officers two sorry four sergeants and two inspectors over the duration of the program in match funding in addition to the two million pounds that's been invested you see that that's a that's a huge commitment isn't it? Mm, that's massive. a huge commitment yeah. and and what is the the outcome that you would like to see from the whole program so what I think is really important that we start to try and address is long-term desistance from offending. And also, just to make the point, this isn't also for people that are who are offending. This mm-hmm. is for people who are on the way to offending. Okay. So so if, you, if, if there's someone that we've got an intelligence picture on or this risk indicators that that's the way they're likely to go, we'll intervene then. So we're not just saying the, the, the arbitrary criteria for access is they must be an offender, providing there's an an opportunity for us to intervene we will what i'm hoping the evaluation will show and we're still writing with the evaluator the exact terms is the long-term recidivism 
and impact on services mm -hmm. i'm hoping this can show and, and hopefully some element of cost saving too but all there are several evaluations on this work internationally northamptonshire being one of them but there's no long-term evaluation so right. this will be a long-term evaluation and i'm hoping that after this that this is springboards the rest of the country to wake up to this approach of saying this is how you can manage in a successful way violence Wow. Because that is the big thing. If we're going to reduce violence, and I think that's for everybody that's listening right now, is that we nobody wants that. No. Nobody wants to be in an environment, whether that's in your home or in your community, where there is... Because there's, there's two sides to it, isn't there? There is the, the perceived threat of violence and yeah. there is the actual yes. violence. We could go on and on and on, uh, yeah. Daryl, but unfortunately we haven't got the time. Uh, if people wanted to to sort of find out more about this, because I'm sure lots of our listeners yeah. are going to be really interested, where can they go to actually get some information? Um, there's there's a summary of Serve on my LinkedIn profile. So if, if anyone wants to link in with more, view my profile. So they just need to search Daryl Lyons. That's D-A-R-Y-L-L-Y-O-N, Daryl Lyon. And I've got a Twitter as well, which again, the information on there. So I've created a, a six or seven page summary that's relatively digestible. Northamptonshire has a website, so that's um, serve-nsd. Again, if you just Google serve, C-I-R-V, it's the second one that comes up in the Google search. Click on their website. There's an about a section on there. And the last point I'll just make around violence is we don't learn to be violent. We learn not to be violent. Violence is within our nature as animals, and so we're not learning to be violent. We, what happens is, is we have several other tactical options that we have when we develop those skills around negotiation, around um, you know resolving our ways in any other way other than resorting to violence. So actually, that's what we need to address: is how can we equip people with better skills around their problem solving beyond violence. Well, I, I don't know what to say except for thank you so, so much. It really is inspirational. And the one big thing that I'm going to leave this with is the reason that I think this is going to work is because there are lots and lots of service providers out there that just haven't got access to these people. Correct. And if you can get these people then to engage Absolutely. with you and have a relationship, then we can start to really yes. see a difference within all of our communities. Yeah. Daryl Lyon, I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming in and, and sharing this. And please, again, come in and, and share the updates of as we move forward. I hope you have a great week, everybody, and we will see you next week. But until then, draw, draw. Get in touch with The Reality Coach and be part of The Reality Check. Email nigel at therealitycoach.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Until next time.